The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch, and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week, I'm joined by a DJ who lists his favourite movie as Top Gun Maverick and favourite TV show as Parks and Rec. Welcome back to the show, the man with the mullet and moe, Jackson Carr. <laughs> My friend, how are you? I'm pretty good. Yourself? I'm a bit worse for wear, if we're being honest. Had a massive weekend in Melbourne, but um, what you do down there apparently when you go to clubs, so it was good. Yeah, it looked like you were all over the place based on your TikTok. Yeah, so I went to Jack Hole on the Friday night, and then a friend from Sydney was playing at a place called Porn and Coast, went there, and then another friend was playing at a place called Electric, went there, and they were like, oh, you're too underdressed, you can't get in. So I messaged generic Tyson, because I know he plays there, and I was like, oh, hey, I can't get in. Meanwhile, he's in Ibiza, so like, <laughs> it's not like he's just inside can come and grab you yeah he's like just just say this name and say my name walked up the security guy the big scary one and i was like oh hey i know tyson and he's like yep come in and then um that was fun and then saturday I went to like a day party watched the sharks don't really remember watching the sharks then went to another club and then sunday i was feeling very worse for wear and slept for about 13 hours so um good times <laughs> that's a big sleep well done <laughs> thanks <laughs> Uh, so this week we're going to bring the thunder with our review of Thor Love and Thunder, uh, and then we're going to talk about some of the, we're going to close out our review of Miss Marvel since we only did three episodes last time. We can cover up the last three and the major revelation that was in that show and the implications for MCU phase five and six, and then we'll close out the episode with our first impressions of Nathan Fielder's new show, The Rehearsal. Oh, what a guy. What a weird guy. It's definitely, definitely something. Yeah. So we'll dive into the biggest and latest Marvel release, Thor Love and Thunder, 2022 film by Taika, directed by Taika Waititi, again, focusing on Chris Hemsworth's Thor. Uh, I looked it up. It's the 29th film in the MCU, the fourth Whoa. Thor film, sequel to 2017 Thor Ragnarok. What did you think of the movie on the top level? I saw it twice. I went to the movies and I saw it twice. Wow. So you enjoyed this movie a lot from the sounds of it. Yes. Like, so I heard all the reviews about it and I, I didn't know what to expect. And I went and saw it just like a Thursday night. I just thought, it was just, I just really liked how pure it was, like the storyline, just everything he was going through at the start. And then... I went second time I went on a date, so like it was fine. But I really and I thought that was appropriate considering like the the, prem, the premise of the start and what they're talking about. But I really enjoyed it. Like I know it wasn't as good as Ragnarok and it wasn't as big as like the other ones, but it had some really good moments throughout it. And and then uh, there was also certain things like with the the Maori god representation, which Taika obviously would have had like a lot of part, part in, which I know meant a lot to a lot of like Maori people I've seen online. I really liked cork as, as you kind of like him and like mm-hmm. yeah i just thought i had a good storyline and also when i was younger i used to be fascinated by 
Greek gods and ancient Greece. So like obviously having like that in it as well. Like, yeah, it was, I, I, I was a big fan of it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Laughed. Even shed a few tears. Like it was, I overall, I thought it was a great movie. Oh, well, I'm kind of on the, like, I can see like where it was enjoyable, but yeah, uh, like you said, it was very much a smaller movie compared to what we've sort of come to expect from the MCU. I felt like it didn't really have any big implications for mm. MCU moving forward, apart from like, we got the introduction of Mighty Thor, but then spoiler that disappears at the end. So mm. it was kind of like, oh, okay. I think my my biggest issue with with it was the trailer and the movie aren't the same. Yeah. Like I felt like the trailer portrayed it as a much more comedy focused Taika movie mm. whereas then the actual film is much more kind of serious and a little bit sad. Oh yeah. And I hate the screaming goats. I hated the screaming goats. <laughs> yeah, they were not they were hella annoying and I was kind of happy that like we didn't have to have too much of the guardians in it because obviously they're a separate thing and like, but yeah, I, I the ghosts were just hella annoying. Like I thought they were funny at first, but then they just kept going back to the goats. I was like, okay, I don't need more goats. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, just went for too long. But yeah, it was um, yeah, every much. <laughs> I was shocked that there was as little guardians as there was as well. Like. The trailer is pretty much all like suggesting that this was like a big Thor Guardians team up. Yeah. And it really wasn't. It was like 10 minutes of Guardians and then they peace out, fly off onto the next Guardians movie, basically, which was a bit weird. Yeah. I, I kind of like, without spoiling for myself, like my, as we brought my ex worked, worked on it. So um, she was telling me like she didn't really know who. Batista was or she knew who Chris Pratt was because she calls him the bad Chris but she was like they're, they're only here for like a week or two like they were, yeah because all these religious stuff but they're only here for like a week or two so like I kind of I don't obviously don't know how long it takes to film a movie because effects take longer but the fact that they weren't here for too long I didn't really think much about it but then once it happened I was like oh yeah that makes sense like they were only going to be in it for like a small part of it yeah they came in filmed their little 10-15 minute bit yeah. on the green screen and then left yeah, someone's got photos with Batista at Bondi Beach and then people post TikToks being like, who is this man? Why is everyone obsessed with him? And then they just left. So much like the characters in the movie. <laughs> yeah, see ya. In terms of the cast, what did you think of Chris Hemsworth coming back as Thor? I love Chris Hemsworth. I was very impressed by it. He was huge in this movie. So big. Mate, he was massive. He was massive. Like, whoa, Christian Bale? Yeah, I was going to say Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. I thought that was really cool. I did hear a lot of talk about the character, like the way they designed him was quite different to how he looks in the comics. Yeah. But apparently that was because the comic version looks way too similar to Voldemort. Oh, yep. Makes sense. So they had to make change the way he looks in the movie, which as someone that hadn't read the comics, didn't have an issue with it. I thought he looked like a really creepy bad guy. So it was fine by me. He did. And I've seen some things. He has gone through, he can go through so many transformations for whatever movie he needs to be in. Like he can be fatty and skinny. He'd be like, he's the most versatile actor of like his generation when it comes through, like figuring out what he's going to do for his body for a movie. Like ridiculous. 
Oh yeah, when he signs on for a role, he commits hardcore into. I'm not wearing a fat suit. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not CGIing to make me look skinnier. Like I'm going to commit and lose all this weight or put on a ton of weight just so that I fit mm. the role, which is is nuts. Like some of the, yeah. you see some of those photos of, this is the same guy in two separate movies. You're like, how? What? Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. I saw like a a meme or a TikTok and it was just like eight of his characters or something and it's just like yeah he's insane and like in the eight of his characters they didn't even include whatever the bad guy's name was like they yeah it was just insane seeing what he does what did you think of the sort of the god butcher storyline in terms of like I feel like his his whole motive was vengeance because the gods didn't they kind of just did nothing and let his daughter die so he was just like right okay now all of the gods everywhere have to die I guess when you feel the pain of your daughter dying, you, he's just, and he had this, this thing that he just killed the gods. I think he was just like, I'm just going to go for gold. So I'm just going to like do it. Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie and Natalie Portman as Jane Foster and then becoming Mighty Thor. Mm. Two more actors that were, they got pretty well, pretty jacked out for this, these roles. What did mm. you think of those two? Uh, Natalie Portman was one of my crushes growing up as an actress. Like I was obsessed with her, Beef Vedetta, the Star Wars movies and stuff. So, Anything she's in, I'll always, um, I just, I'll just enjoy because, yeah, you always remember them, you know, when you're growing up, little teenage boy full of whatever you're full of. So, yeah, and I, I like them both. I think they were great. Yeah. Um, I did see a, a funny little story that came out of this movie, apparently, because Taika is directing a future Star Wars movie. Oh. Apparently, he asked Natalie on set if she wanted to, if she ever thought about <laughs> being in a Star Wars movie. And she was like, I've been in three. <laughs> Oh, wow. And then Taika in his own movie as Korg. I did think Korg was probably the highlight of the movie in certain sections, especially when he gets, like, you think he he might be dead. I thought that was a pretty oh. intense scene. Oh, that was horrible. That was the worst part of the whole movie. And then the best part was when you realised he wasn't. But, yeah, and I felt in the whole movie, Korg was great, like, always great comic relief. It was a nice representation to, like, the LGBTQ community as well, because obviously Valkyrie, like lesbian, and then like Korg, as you find out, you, a Korg gets born when when two rock men stand over a fire for thirty days, and they have like that. So that there was really good representation, not just of like LGBTQ, like Maoris, like all. It was just a really, I, I, it's just Tyke just being Tyke just putting a lot of like emphasis on cultures that might not get as much mainstream exposure or spoken about in like a nice way so yeah i I thought that that was great i did read that the uh korg saying he had two dads contradicts one of the previous thor movies though where he says he has a mum. oh really (laughs) like whoops kevin feige slipped up there maybe it was a (laughs) stepmom and then one of the other ones that i other characters i thought was really cool was russell crowe as zeus oh yeah watching him print Prance around in a skirt was hilarious. The accent was a bit off, but... It's like, as soon as I saw Russell Crowe... Yeah, it was off. As soon as I saw Russell Crowe, I was just like, oh, that makes sense why Tyker and Chris were at the Souths game with Russell Crowe, three of the Thor actors together, so... And then we mentioned the Guardians of the Galaxy make their little cameo for the first, like, five or ten minutes of the movie, but then there was a bunch of other cameos. Did you pick up on all of those? No. I saw it twice and up. So the first one was Kat Dennings playing Darcy Lewis and the, the girl from WandaVision, like the scientist girl from WandaVision. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was only 
Yeah. Oh, she was sitting there when she was at the chemo. Yeah. Yeah, the chemo. Yeah, yeah. Bringing all the snacks. What you think of when you think of cameo? Because she's yeah, she's there for like two scenes and then she's yeah. gone, never, yeah. never, never to be seen again. Uh, and then when we go to New Asgard, we see the theater troupe, the New Asgardian players. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was so good. I love them. <laughs> These were probably my my favorite cameos of it. We had Matt Damon playing actor Loki, uh, Luke Hemsworth as actor Thor, Sam Neill as Odin, and then Melissa McCarthy as Hela. I was like. Okay. And then when Luke Hemsworth um, and they come back after like all the, the kids have spoiler, all the kids are gone. And then they're like, Valkyrie, oh, everyone loves theater. We should do a theater. We should do a show about this. Completely blanks them because she's like, shut up, idiots. And they're like, oh, that wasn't a no. Let's go start planning this now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I thought they, they were great. They were just so ridiculous, but still recognizable enough where you're like, wait, is that Matt Damon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hemsworth family got paid big for this movie, apparently. Really? So, obviously, we had Chris as Thor, his brother Luke as actor Thor, Chris Hemsworth's wife, Elsa Pataki, was Wolf Woman, who's in it for, like, one flashback scene. India Hemsworth, Chris's daughter, is Gore's daughter in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Hemsworth, one of Chris's sons, is young Thor. Sasha Hemsworth, Chris's other son, is in the movie as one of the kids, one of Tyker's kids, one of Natalie Portman's kids, and one of Christian Bale's kids all appear as, like, the kids that disappear. So it was like, because they filmed it in COVID, I assume they were just like, we can get these guys on the set because they've been following all the yeah. protocols at home anyway. Did you know the kids helped design all the, design all the bad guys? Tyker's daughter or son designed... Christian Bale's bad guy, and then they just got, and then they just got the kids to help design all the bad guys. And Tyke was getting interviewed in Australia, and he's like, "I got my daughter or son to do it." And then he's like, "What's better to design a bad guy, a scary bad guy in a dark universe than so like all the kids help design? It. I don't know how much they did or whatever, but yeah, the kids. I don't know if they drew like a crayon drawing or something helped design it, but like yeah, the, the kids had a big involvement not only with acting but also with designing of the, the scary bad guys. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess if they're yeah. thinking of a character that's going to steal kids, ask the yeah. kids what would be scary. Makes sense. Wait, did I just have a fun fact that you did it about something? Yeah, you did. You got me big-brained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then a couple of others. Idris Elba pops up as Heimdall at the very end. And then the post-credit cameo. What did you think of Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent from Ted Lasso as Hercules? See, as soon as I saw that, I was like, you know, when you see an actor or an actress and you're like, who is this? I was like, who is this bloke? Where is he? I quickly Google it. And I was like, why is this? And people had it. And then straight away, I was like, oh, Roy King, how good. <laughs> He'd be a good Hercules as well. Yeah. So from the looks of it, we're getting another Thor movie. Mm. And it looks like it's going to be Thor versus Hercules, which that sounds fun. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Lots of CGI in this movie, which with some of the recent controversies around Marvel and the way they treat their CGI artists is a little bit concerning. Yeah. Have you heard the sort of chatter about how they treat CGI team? Uh -huh. So basically a former Marvel VFX artist came out and did an interview and basically said that with the way the MCU is going, 
VFX is becoming way more important because they, a lot of the stuff now is CG. It's not physical sets or anything. Mm. A lot of the costumes are becoming sort of more simplified in what they actually wear. And then they go in afterwards and add depth and intricacies with CG. But in the interview, he also said that the way Marvel treat them is infamously awful. He says he was working seven days a week, averaging 64 hours a week on a good week. Mm. And he he had co-workers sitting next to him that just broke down and started crying because of the intense workload that they were having put on them. And Marvel has become synonymous with very big, very late changes. So they've been Mm. at times being asked to change the final third of a movie with a month or two before the actual movie is due to release. So that's like, oh wow, that's a lot of work getting pushed into a very short window at the end. And I think even in like Ms. Marvel and some of the TV shows we're seeing, VFX is becoming a lot more involved in those. Like WandaVision was very sort of simple and like just physical sets. And then Moon Knight, the entire costume was CG. And then Ms. Marvel, there's a lot of CG in that as well. So a little bit concerning that they're being so reliant on CG and VFX, but then not giving their artists the time to work on it. Yeah. I understand why they want to push out so much stuff because it is so profitable, but I also think I would be happy with a big tentpole movie at the start and end of the year and then in the middle put two shows but have them don't stick to the six, like push those out to maybe 10 or 12 episodes per season so that you can tell a more fleshed out story. And then, yeah, they can have four teams working on different things at the same time and they're not overly stressing their VFX artists on, all right, we've got a show coming out this month and then a movie coming out a month after that. And then there's another show after that. It's like, it just sounds horrible work conditions. Yeah. Like I heard, I heard stories from, cause I had a few people that worked on a movie. Like I knew some people that were like runners. So they'd have to go and get like the snacks or they'd have to go get whatever. And I heard how hard they worked. And then obviously my ex, I heard how much she had to do as well. So like the fact that everyone even lower down is getting treated like this. It doesn't surprise me if some of the most important people in the movie get treated like that as well. Like it just seems overworked and yeah. Yeah. Like it just seems like they're trying to push out too much. Like, yeah, I think we've had what three movies already this year and it's only just turned August. Three. What am I forgetting? We had Spider-Man. That was this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Venom. Yeah. Venom. Was Spider-Man this year or last year? I think Spider-Man was this year. And then we had Doctor Strange and now we've had Thor. Oh, so they four. And then I think we've got... Technically. There's another one coming soon as well. Black Panther's coming. Mm-hmm. Thor. Oh, they had that stupid fucking Morbius movie. Yeah, I don't overly count that. That's probably... That's more of a Sony project, but... Yeah. But... Like, I'm thinking, like, directly MCU, like, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Thor, and then Black yeah. Panther's coming, plus all yeah. the TV shows in the middle, like... No wonder their VFX oh. artists are just run off their feet. I'm looking now what's coming up this year. I don't know. I am Groot. Yep. She-Hulk starts in about a week week or two. I am Groot's the 10th of August. She-Hulk's the 17th of August. Black Panther is November 11. Mm-hmm. Then they've got a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Mm-hmm. And then 
it's 2023. Like, the thing called What If Early 2023. <gasps> Ant-Man. Okay. Yep. We're going to go. We can go to there. So, basically, we had Comic-Con recently, and they unveiled the slate for Phase 5 and Phase, phase 6 of the MCU. So, Phase 5, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, which is a movie on February 17th. Then we get the Disney Plus show Secret Invasion in between uh, Ant-Man and then the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is the next movie on May 5th, uh, a TV show Echo, TV show Loki Season 2, the Marvels film on July 28, 2023, the Blade movie on November 3rd, 2023, Ironheart TV show Agatha and the Coven of Chaos, which is like the spin-off from WandaVision. Daredevil Born Again, the new Daredevil season, which is 18 episodes, has Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio returning. Yes! Oh! That gets us through 2023. Then in 2024, we get Captain America New World Order on May 3rd. And then we get the Thunderbolts film on July 6th. Then we move on to Phase 6, which is Fantastic Four movie on November 8th, 2024. Then we get Avengers The Kang Dynasty on May 2nd, 2025. And then Avengers Secret Wars on November 5th, 2025. So there is a ton of stuff coming and some very exciting stuff. Wow. I just, I just, just want Daredevil. Oh, my favourite, my absolute favourites. I'm so happy they kept Charlie Cox. If you're so excited for Daredevil, that means you're going to have to watch She-Hulk. Oh, really? I'll watch it. She's an attorney. He's a lawyer. He apparently shows up. Apparently, Ghost Rider shows up in that movie, as, in that show as well. Like, since... Did you... You finished Miss Marvel, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you saw the big... So this is going to be a big spoiler for anyone that hasn't. The revelation that Kamala wasn't an inhuman. She was a mutant. Yeah. I loved how they played the X-Men 97 theme song when they said mutant. Oh, yeah. That's the, the very first reference to mutants directly. The first, like, suggestion that the X-Men are coming. They're not in some offshoot universe from Doctor Strange. Like, Yeah. So, yeah, like, I think with She-Hulk, everything, and Ant-Man and... The Wasp Mania is apparently the one that is going to be like, bang, reset. Now we're off to the races, building towards the Avengers movies. Yeah, yeah. Hectic. Kevin Feige did say that they're not going to have, like when they have an Avengers movie now, it's not just going to be a random movie in the middle of a storyline. They're holding the two Avengers movies as the capstones to finish off a story arc. Yeah, well. So we're getting the rest of phase four, Phase five and then phase six will be wrapping it up. Yeah. Yeah. Hectic. Wow. So yeah. Excited for that. Yeah. Very much so. Wow. Blade's cool because it's, oh man, this is going to be good times. Loki season two. That should be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I think for me, it's going to be Blade. I'm excited for the Marvels now that we have that coming. I'm excited to see this Ant Man movie to see how it changes up everything. But then, yeah, Daredevil is top of the list for me. Yeah. Yeah, big time. I love Paul Rudd and I love Ant-Man. But, yeah, just the fact that, like, when you saw Spider-Man and Charlie Cox was in it, I'm just happy that mm-hmm. they kept that going. Like, out of all, like, I did enjoy the Netflix Marvel stuff. It was good, like, tie-in before we had Disney+, Disney Plus and we had all this stuff. One was absolutely horrible. But um, I like Luke Cage. I like Jessica Jones. 
mainly because I think I have a bit of a crush on the actress and Jessica Jones. But yeah, Daredevil was just the first one I watched. Absolutely insane. Charlie Cox could be blind as far as I'm concerned because he just absolutely mm-hmm. nailed that. And the fact that we came in for 18 episodes as well on Disney, that's unheard of. I think that was the big shock of the announcement that it was 18 episodes, not the the typical six. So we're going to get yeah. a, a nice big long storyline there with, I assume, lots of crossover moments. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately it's going to be American Spring 2024. So that's a long time away. Uh, and then to close out the Thor discussion, have you seen the box office earnings so far? Nah. So they crossed $600 million this week. Oh, wow. Putting them at Sixth highest on the list for 2022. Okay. Behind Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. $1.285 billion. A couple of dollars there. That's just a few. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness ranked in at number two with $954.6 mm. mm. Jurassic World Dominion, $921.3 million. The Batman, $770.8 million, And then The Minions Rise of Gru had $642.9 million. No idea how that ranked so high. I know how that ranked so high. Was that all the like people that were going as a joke? Yeah, that was all the people that were going in suits in massive groups doing TikTok trends because it came out at the right time in school holidays. So you've got a bunch of bored teenagers who have nothing to do who have seen all these TikTok trends of people going around and being listening to song, dressing in suits, just going like this one where they're watching the movie, literally. And yeah, even had Mr. Beast do something about like the biggest YouTuber in the world. That's how it's so high. Like literally they just latched onto this meme and rode with it. And now, yeah. Okay. That'll do it. I did see Mr. Beast crossed like a hundred million subscribers this week, which is nuts. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely insane. So then on to our second sort of main topic for the, the episode, Jackson recommended to me a very Weird, interesting, <laughs> awkward, heck of a show. I'll leave that one to Jackson to introduce. So it's it's called The Rehearsal, and um, it's produced by this guy called Nathan Fielder, who had this show called Nathan For You a couple of years ago, and it was the weirdest, funniest show I think I've seen in a long time. Basically, he went forward to businesses and was like, all right, I've got a, an idea for you to make your business better, like struggling businesses. And he'd go to them and they'd do it. So, for example, one of the episodes of Nathan Few was um, he went to an ice cream place, gelato place, and suggested as a way to get people talking on the internet because that's a good place to get your business going many years ago. He engineered a poo-flavoured ice cream. <laughs> Lovely. That's what I want. For people to go eat. I mean, if he did that now with how much talk, people talk about eating certain things on the internet. Um, but, yes, yeah, so we did that and he went to, like, another, like, department store and was like, why don't you set up, like, a room out the back for, like, boyfriends where they can just sit and while women go shop, whatever. So he's got this new show called The Rehearsal. It's on Binge. And basically he finds someone, he sets an ad for someone. And if like the first episode, he, he does this ad on Craigslist or something. And he's like, oh, is there something you've ever want to confess someone you don't know how to confess or whatever? And apparently he's found this guy. I, a lot of this show, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's real. Like it's it's too weird. Like, yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> but, like, with it, you don't know if it's real or not because it's America. So it could, there genuinely could be p- these people in America. But, like, this guy had a problem. He's like, I'm in a trivia team and I lied that I have, like, a master's or something. So, basically, he helps tell the person that he's lied to, like, how to admit he was wrong. But he basically, like, stalks a guy for months, recreates a set and, like, put all these scenarios. And it's just this. Yeah, he recreated the, the guy's 
bloody apartment. Yeah, full recreated the guy's apartment. Went through like found like a, a similar actor and went through all this stuff. And it's like you don't, you don't. It's just so awkward. Like you just, and, and that's just his personality. And that's what he's like. And then like yeah, he recreated the entire bar where they play trivia, like <laughs> so that it was exact. Like even the the picture on the wall was like slightly crooked in the exact same way that it is in the trivia the balloon was in the roof yeah just to like try and get this guy to feel like when he's doing these rehearsals it's a real thing like it's not a rehearsal it is the actual event yeah like you said just so awkward and so weird and so like i can't tell if it's real or not yeah and like the way nathan acts too like He's just so deadpan about everything. So he just like, I can't tell. Like, is he trying to be funny or is this just the way he is? Yeah, yeah. And like, that's what he was like in his previous show. And that's, I guess, like the way it's all set up. That's why you're like, is this real or not? But then you go back to the whole, like, how many people are in America and how many, how you still see people get catfished. And there's the show Catfish is still <laughs> running right now. Like, it's like, that could be well true. And then, like, yeah, by the end of the episode, like, spoiler, he's like, this is all fake and the guy's like you're a horrible person like you've you suck and it's just so odd so odd i can't get my head around it it's just like i love this first show but this second show i'm like oh i usually don't like cringy stuff in shows or movies <laughs> this whole this entire show is cringy yeah yeah, yeah 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 but yeah i did like that like it got to the point where at at the very end nathan had to end up confessing yeah to the guy that he got to come in because they're like oh yeah because i wanted to really make sure that we got the outcome that you wanted yeah i had to find out the trivia questions beforehand <laughs> and i knew that cheating was a big issue for you so i didn't just give you the answers i hired all these actors to subliminally give you the answers and i was just like what the hell yeah but i feel like that that's kind of like how that's kind of how i pick up all my knowledge for trivia too like it's just you watch things and you you hear like oh, this was this, and, like, you're not physically going out there with the goal of learning this information. You kind of just yeah pick it up through osmosis and things happening around you, but, yeah, the guy was not happy to be told that nah. kind of rigged the system so that you would know yeah. all the answers without being directly <laughs> told them. Yeah, bloody hell, like, so odd, so odd. Since you recommended it to me, I watched the next two episodes as well. The next episode, Nathan brings in a woman who doesn't have a partner but her life dream has to, was to be a mother but she's always been too scared to be a mother because she thinks she might stuff it up so he brings her in to do a motherhood rehearsal <laughs> so they bring her in and i think it's meant to be like 12 weeks or something so she starts with a newborn but because they are using child actors they have to get the parents permission on basically every decision that she might make the children can only work for so many hours per day so they have to sub the children out without her noticing as well and then to condense it into a full raising a child from birth to them leaving mm. after so many hours they sub out a baby for a two-year-old and then after another few hours they sub out a two-year-old for a five-year-old and then in order to not mess with her brain and after episode two somehow nathan becomes part of the experiment and he's like in the rehearsal as the dad <laughs> and to not mess with the woman and nathan's brain all the mirrors in the house are artificial mirrors so that 
when they look in the mirror, because the child has grown six years, the mirror reflects back oh. a six-year aged-up version of them. Oh, no. And then because they're on a farm growing all their own fruit and veggies, they'll, like, plant seeds in the morning, and then by the afternoon they'll go out and his whole team has come in and put in full-grown fruits and vegetables that they then pick out. And episode three ended on such a funny way where he's sitting at the the bench in the kitchen, she's cooking, and he looks over at one of the capsicums that they've apparently just grown fresh out of the garden and pulled out, and it's sitting there and it's got a grocery store sticker on it. And he's just like, <laughs> oh. and sometimes you just miss stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's super awkward. Yeah. Interesting. Like I've... I'd probably recommend people watch it once just to like yeah. get a feel for how weird this show is, but it's not something that's drawing me back to watch every single week. Like, oh, there's a new episode out. I need to check that out. That's the thing. Nathan, for you, it was similarly awkward, but it was more interesting in a way because they were like, I've been to uni, I've got an MBA, I help businesses, and it was hella awkward, but it kept drawing me back. Whereas this one, I'm just like, throughout it, like, I don't want to like, yeah, and Obviously, I've had a big week last week, so I was like, I'm just not going to rush back to watch this because I don't think I can deal with it. Like, it feels kind of like that love on the spectrum, like where I feel like that's awkward to watch, but at least at the end, like, it's got a happy outcome. Yeah. This one is awkward to watch and then kind of just ends weird. So it's just like, yeah, I don't know how to feel after watching this show. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So yeah, that's that's everything we've checked out this week. In terms of top recommendations, I think I know which one you're leaning towards. I mean, I don't remember the last time I went to the movies to see a movie twice, so um, I'm going Thor. Yeah, that's that's a big stamp of approval. Yeah. Uh, for me, like, I wasn't as highly sold on Thor. The rehearsal is just too awkward. I can't recommend that other than if you're bored one day and you like have somewhat of an interest in this and just want to see how awkward it is, do that. But for me, I'm going to say because Daredevil – the new season has been announced. Just go back and rewatch all the Daredevils. Oh, that's cheating. That's cheating. You're cheating. If we can go back, I'd recommend something else. No, I'm not cheating. They're on Disney, so it's new. It's fresh. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll allow it. I'm going to do that. Yeah, so thank you, everyone, for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Jackson on TikTok at Jack's double underscore car. And you can follow me on social media at Jamie Media and at Barrio Magazine. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Barrio Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.